I'm excited here this morning because God's got something in store for somebody in this place. I just feel it in my heart. It's been heavy all week on my life that God wants to speak to somebody and encourage somebody not to let go this morning. See, some people say, some people, you know, whenever they're going at life, you get told no and you give up too easy. Anybody give up too easy sometimes? <laughs> I mean, that's truly, that, that's kind of me. I, I have a tendency to, to run away from conflict. You know, I, I don't mind a good fight, but if somebody says no, I just say, okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it happens in all sorts of places in my life. I just don't like conflict. Be honest with you, uh, one time I, I, I purchased a pair of shoes, okay? I got these shoes home, I put these shoes on, I, I pulled the tags off, I was so excited, because you know, whenever you get a new pair of shoes, I don't care how old you are, new pair of shoes make you run faster, jump higher, you know, look slicker. I mean, I'm excited about shoes, y'all. And I got these new shoes on, I pulled the tags off, I started walking around, and something started flapping on them that wasn't supposed to be flapping yet. I was like, these aren't brand new. How am I supposed to, what, what is going on with these shoes? I took them and I showed my wife. I said, honey, I, I messed up. These shoes are broken. I hadn't even worn them yet. And she says, well, let's take them back. I said, I've already taken the tags off. It's all right. It's all right. She said, no, we're taking them back. <laughs> oh, okay. So we walked up into the store. I took my shoes and the receipt in, in and, and I said, hey, I, I'd like to return these shoes and and they, they looked at the receipt and they said, and they grabbed the shoes and said, oh, I'm sorry, you got the tags off of them. We can't, re, re, you can't return them. And I said, oh, okay, that's what I thought. And I walked away and I, Claudia was shopping in the store and I came back and I was still holding the shoes and, and she said, did you exchange those? I said, no, they're the st same shoes. She said, why? She said, they said no. And she said, give me those shoes. <laughs> I said, baby, don't, don't do this. They said no already. She said, who said that? I said, nobody, nobody, baby. <laughs> she walked up to that counter. I'm scared to death. I am hiding behind a rack right now, looking around. Ooh, they about to get it. <laughs> she exchanged the shoes, y'all. Now, I told her last night I was about to do an illustration on her. She wanted me to make sure that you knew that she, didn't, she wasn't ugly at all. And that had nothing to do with the fact that she was wearing the Christ Legacy t-shirt on whenever she went up to the counter. No. <laughs> I, listen, sometimes it pays to not take no for an answer. And more often than not in our lives, we, we have a problem with taking no too soon. When life is putting everything in, in front of you and not, not letting you make headwind against the circumstances that you're facing. And you feel like life is saying no to you. And you go before the Lord and you pray and you ask the Lord to help you. And you feel like every turn is just wrestling. I didn't know what that meant, wrestling in prayer, until I was... Um, in Gainesville, Texas, at First Assembly of God, I have my brother and sister-in-law. Uh, these two met whenever I was your youth pastor a long time ago, young man. Seth Wolf, my sister Jordan. Yeah. 
And, and the church is a, a 24-hour prayer session. And y'all know that whenever somebody doesn't sign up to do something and we got to do it, then the staff have to do that, right? And then the 24-hour prayer session meant that I was going to be praying four hours back-to-back uh, -back from 3, three o'clock to 7 o'clock in the morning because nobody wanted to sign up for that slot. So I was like, okay, well, that's all right. And I was a young man. I'm ready to do this. I had never prayed for four hours straight before. And I, I certainly had never prayed for four hours straight from three o'clock to seven o'clock. But I know there's some prayer warriors in here that the Lord has woken up at those times. And you prayed because you know what it's like to wrestle with the Lord. But in my life, that had never happened yet. And so I, I got there and I began to pray and seek God's face. And I mean, I went all in. And 15 minutes later, I was out. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. So I did it again and again and again. And it took me four hours. And I was dry, and it was hard, and there wasn't any emotion in it. And I just kept praying, because that's what I was supposed to do. But I want you to know, 15 minutes before I was done with my session, it's like the Spirit of the Lord came. He broke through everything in my life. I had breakthrough. It took four hours of doing something I had never done before, but God moved in such a powerful way. Somebody knows what it's like to have a need in your life and have to pray and expect God to do something because you had no other way. You had no other chance. It had to be God. There had been times in my life that was like that. Most recent time was whenever I had a, you're not gonna believe this, but I had a toothache really bad. <laughs> Anybody ever have a toothache? Man, somebody get me a hammer. I will take care of that because that is bad news. It sounds easy. But for weeks, I had a, a toothache, an abscessed tooth that the pain kept growing and growing and growing in intensity. They, they kept giving me pain medication. The pain medication stopped working. Three rounds of antibiotics. I couldn't get over this pain. It was so great one night that my wife went to, went to bed and I stayed up in the living room. I started praying and I just kept walking in circles and praying. I started speaking in tongues. I asked the Lord to come and help me. My wife felt so bad for me out there. She was praying in the room, in the other room. I was praying and praying and praying. And I needed God to do something in my life because I could not take the pain anymore. I was like, God, just kill me because <laughs> I can't do it. Is this how it's always going to be? How many of you know that whenever you're in pain like that, you just need relief? And I prayed, and in one moment, I can't explain to you how this, how this happened, but in one moment, the Lord spoke to me and he said, it's done. That's it, two words, it's done. <laughs> and I just started praising the Lord. I said, okay, I'm done praying. I went back to the bedroom, I told my wife, the Lord told me it was done, I'm done. I laid down that night. I woke up the next morning. There was not any pain whatsoever at all. I went into the emergency dentist uh, uh, appointment that I had set up. And evidently that night, something happened in my lower jaw. The dentist said somebody had already made an incision and let the infection out. <laughs> it was... 
honest to goodness miracle in my life. That, that may not impress y'all, but I promise you, whenever the Lord comes and takes the pain away, it means something to me. See, we've all been there. We've all had these experiences, these spaces and places in our life where we needed God to come through in a powerful way. And we didn't have any way of hoping that anything different was going to happen. It had to be God. It had to be him because there was no other way for God, for anybody else to come through. These are pivotal times in our life. And it haven't, if it hasn't happened to you yet, it's about to happen to you or it's about to, it's, it's coming. Just believe that because there's moments in our lives where it's all or nothing. And in these moments of our lives, only one of two things can happen. You hold on to God with everything that you have. And then you experience blessing and your relationship with the Lord deepens and you trust him in a better way. Or number two, you lose faith. You lose hope. And you grow further away from the Lord. There's no in between. When these moments in our lives happen, it's a test to see if we're gonna hold on to the Lord. And so in those moments, whether you're in a crowded room or whether you're all alone, you're gonna feel lonely. You're gonna feel hurt. You're gonna feel broken. You're gonna feel abused, abandoned. You're not gonna know what's gonna happen. And you're forced to hope, to have faith. So the question this morning is, how do we survive those moments of our lives when, when it all depends on holding on to God? See, Jacob, this guy in the Bible, he was the son of Isaac. And about 20 years before what we're about to talk about, he, uh, he tricked his brother Esau into giving away his birthright. And, um, and whenever he tricked his brother, he kind of burned a bridge there. And he is, um, he's benefiting from that for 20 years, burning that bridge. But how many of you know that whenever you do something in your past, it always catches up to you? And now, 20 years later, it's about to catch up to him because he has to go through Esau's territory. He has to go through where he lives. And whenever he goes through where he lives, there's a good chance that Esau is going to still hold this against him. So he gathers his family up. He gathers all of his possessions. And he sets out in prayer. And he's wrestling with this, this situation He's wrestling with this moment because he knows that it all depends on this journey. His future, his family, his 11 sons, everything depends on this journey. And that's where we are in Genesis chapter 32, starting in verse 22. It says, during the night, Jacob got up, took his two wives, his two servants, uh, servant wives and his 11 sons and crossed the uh, Jabbok River with them. 
After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. Everything depends on this journey right here. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where everything in your life depended on a situation. Everything depended on the outcome of a decision. Everything depended on an outcome of a prognosis. Everything depended on somebody's opinion about your ability to produce. Everything depended on something in your life. Like I said, if you've not been in this situation, you're going to in your life. In those moments when everything feels uncertain and everything seems to hang in the balance, how do we prepare? What do we do? Now, some people have this strategy of, of um, I'm going to be honest, this is me. I think, I plan, I strategize, I try to figure things out. I try to take control of the situation, trying to work it out myself. Other people get ready for battle, man. Some people, they, they know the situation's coming, and so they kind of put their heads in the sand. They try to hide, pretend like it's not there because you know it's coming, and the more you have to worry about it, you know, the, the worse off you are, so you might as well live for now because you know it's coming. Other people, they just... Stay up worrying about it. Allow the anxieties and the fear to drive their life. But however, whatever strategy that you use in order to deal with the preparation of this situation that's about to come on your life, Jacob put into practice something that I think that we all should do. No matter who you are or what your strategy is in dealing with something, it's up to us to get alone with God in prayer. Get alone with God in prayer. I believe that Jacob had been struggling for this for days, for weeks, for months. This idea, this decision that he was going to have to go through a situation that depended all on one person and the opinion of that person against him. And so he put his family out. He crossed the river. He went back to the camp that he was in. He was all by himself. And I believe that he was going to pray and wrestle with the Lord that night in prayer. But how many of you know that God had a, a different idea in mind? See, verse 24 says, then, uh, this left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until dawn began to break. A man came to wrestle with him until dawn began to break. I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like, you know, Moses, the author of the first book, five books of the Old Testament called the Pentateuch, he kind of left some important information out when it said, and this left Jacob all alone, and then a man came to wrestle him. I'm like, what happened? Where's the connection? I don't understand. There's probably something left out of this place. I, I want to know more information about this, but, but perhaps Moses already felt like we understood the story. We understood that, Mo that Jacob is wrestling here in this moment, but he's wrestling in prayer. And the Lord decided to come in a powerful way and determined that it wasn't going to be in prayer, but it was going to be a physical contest now. The Lord wanted to wrestle with him in person.
You see, prayer can often feel like you're wrestling with God. Prayer feels like sometimes you're struggling, you're flexing, you're working, and it's not making any difference. You're not making any headway. You're not getting what you want. And you think to yourself, God, if you really love me, you're going to give me what I want. But God is saying to you this morning, if you really love me, then you're going to continue to press in. If you really love me, you're not going to let go. See, Jacob had sent his family away. He was concerned for their life, and he was all alone. And there's no doubt that in this moment, God appeared to him and began to do with him physically what Jacob had been doing spiritually for a long time. And we get to verse 25. When the man saw that he would not win the match... This is the man, the God, the angel of the Lord, saw that he would not win the match. He touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of socket. He just touched, boop, there you go. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was a wrestler and all I had to do, I would lead with that. You know what I mean? I'd go, You're done. You know that as Jacob wrestled against God, the pre-incarnate embodiment of Christ in the flesh, that that wrestling match wasn't an even match. God could win at any moment, at any time. As a matter of fact, God could win with his word. That's what he says he's going to do at the end. He's going to speak a word and he's going to stop all this nonsense. So when God came to Jacob and began to wrestle with him, it wasn't to see if God could beat Jacob. It was to see if Jacob would not let go of God. He didn't roll over God. It wasn't a contest. It was a test to see if he could stay a hold of him. See, God allowed Jacob to cling to him. And there are moments in our lives where if we just continue to cling to God, we'll wind up with several blessings. The first blessing that we're going to wind up with is, number one, we're going to be broken. We're going to be broken. If you're taking notes, write down broken. But you can also follow us on the Bible app. Simply go to your, uh, the settings and you click events and you'll see Christ's legacy if, you're, uh, if your location services are on. You can follow all these notes online. As Jacob wrestled with God, God determined to break Jacob, to set his hip out of socket. See, there's now a lasting proof of the reality of the struggle that Jacob had with, with God. There are moments and times in our life where we wrestle with God, but something gets in our way. For many of us, hopefully most of us, we don't have an actual physical limp because we wrestle with God. It'd be pretty cool if you did, but most of us know. What in our lives needs to be broken and I would tell you this, that's our pride. See, Jacob was wrestling with God because of his insecurity. He was trying to make everything happen in a right way. He was trying to will it, trying to force it. And that's what caused him to hold on to God so well. But in the moment of him holding on to God, God determined that he was going to break Jacob. 
And so that every step that Jacob took, he would be reminded that he doesn't take the step in his own strength, in his own ability, but he has to lean on the Lord. And there's some of us that need to walk around with a sense of humility in our lives to limp around because we realize that it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by his spirit, saith the Lord. We need to be broken and allow God to make a mark on us so that in those situations, as we are desperate, we are constantly reminded of the reality of our struggle with him. Verse 26 says, Then the man said, Let go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob, stop there. How many of you know that God already knew his name? God already knew his name. I want you to keep that in your mind when we read this next verse. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. The second blessing is that we are branded with a new name. We're branded with a new name. You see, in Genesis chapter 25, verse 25 through 26, we find that Esau and Jacob are actually twins, but Esau is the older brother. When they were born, Jacob had a hold of his foot whenever, whenever they, were, uh, they were birthed. And so looking at these babies, they were given the name first Esau, which means hairy in Hebrew, because he was hairy. There's a lot of creativity right there, huh? I mean, I'm one to talk. I mean, my name is Johnny Edward Elliott the, the fourth. I have a Johnny Edward Elliott the fifth. No creativity. Just add a number. It's fine. It's easy. Wait until you meet my next son, Johnny Edward Elliott the sixth. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but in that moment, they looked at Jacob, and they gave him the name Jacob because in Hebrew, it means hill catcher. Hill catcher, because he was holding on to the hill. But this is prophetic because in Hebrew, that's also an idiom that means deceiver. One that is willing to trip others up in order to win the race. Hill catcher. You see, in Jacob's life, he lived out the name that he was given. At least five other times in the Old Testament, as we go over the life of Jacob, we find something. That Jacob was a deceiver, that he was a cheater, that he was a, well, he cheated on his birthright, his blessing, his breeding, his breakaway, and his bribing. All of them. Situations and cases in which he worked through scheming to get ahead of everyone else. And in his life, he lived up to his name. But I want to know something. What is your name? What is the brand name that you earned? Because we all have a name that we've 
well-earned. But in our life, it's not for great, wonderful things. Some people are hurt and angry and upset because they've rightfully earned the name lazy or you've rightfully earned the name liar, depressed, angry, cheater, backstabber, doubter, unfriendly. We've earned these names in our life and we walk around and it's prophetic in our lives because we end up being those names. Some of you, your parents gave those names to you. Or you've had that name since you were a little kid. Or maybe you have recently got that name. But I want you to know that when we hold on to God, when we don't let him go, when we push and we press and we hold on to the thing that caused him to receive a bad name, the ability to cling hold is the thing that made him have a good name, a new brand from God Almighty. He was given the name God Struggler. Israel, your name will be Israel for you have struggled with God and man and have won. So don't give up. Keep holding on to God in the moment that you're dealing with and don't let go until you walk away with a new name. What's that name going to be for you? Some people, your name about to change to faithful. Some people, your name is about to change to prayer warrior. Some people, your name is about to change to, to giver, to, to being lovely, to being, uh, to, to being supportive, to encourager. Your name is about to change if you hold on to him. Verse 29, please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob. Jacob's name, uh, Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of his injury to his hip. Number three, will receive a blessing. See, Jacob wrestled with God there. He wrestled with him. He wouldn't let go until he received that blessing. But there's no doubt, even though that God was able to defeat him if he wanted to, God could have shaken him loose had it was a determined Jacob that wouldn't let go until he was blessed. But what does it mean to be blessed in our lives? What did it mean for Jacob? For some people, we think that blessing simply means having lots of money, not being worried about what the future holds because you got enough money to deal with the future in your life. Some people think that blessing means family, that you got lots of family, family that loves you, that depends on you, and you can provide for them. Some people think that blessing is health. If you're walking around healthy, it doesn't matter what you got because you got a blessing. While all those things may be true, I want you to know that before the blessing, Jacob had all of that. He was wealthy. Jacob had two wives and 11 sons. 
Some of y'all should never be blessed like that. <laughs> You'll be in trouble if you get blessed like that. <laughs> and Jacob was healthy. Matter of fact, after this moment, Jacob was less healthy because he was walking around with a limp. So what in the world does blessing actually mean? See, if we don't understand what blessing means, then we'll get everything twisted here because we'll begin to be motivated to pray and to seek after the wrong things in our life for the blessing instead of holding fast and holding true to God to receive the real blessings in life. The first blessing that you could receive is success. Success is in the Savior. I quoted this already before, Zechariah 4, 6. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. How often do we forget that we don't have to force things, that we don't have to fake it until we make it. We don't have to summon up the strength from the deepest part of us. We only have to remember simply this, that real success is in in life is in trusting the Lord. When we trust the Lord, when we're not scared about the future because we have health or we have finances or we have family, that none of that matters. When we're not scared about the future because we trust the Lord. The Lord gives, the Lord can take away. We can have everything, we can have nothing, but we trust the Lord. And when we do that, that's real success. That's real success. Number two, persistent prayer. Luke chapter 11, verse nine through 10. And so I tell you, this is Jesus speaking. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone. Somebody say everyone. Say everyone. Say everyone. Who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. It's not everybody that's been to church in the last decade. It's not everyone that knows enough about the Bible. It's not everyone that just got finished spending four hours in prayer. It's everyone that is persistent. Everybody that's persistent. That's the lesson that we learn from Jacob wrestling is that persistence is the thing that brings blessing. Or persistently holding on to him. When he understood persistence, he was rewarded with the blessing. Then Jesus turned around and taught the very principle. I wonder how many of us have missed it. How many of us have missed the blessing because we asked and we asked and we asked and life and the circumstances around us said no. And we just said I guess it's no. I guess I won't get my healing. I guess my child will never know the Lord. I guess, I guess the answer is no. I guess that thing that I've been worried and I've been praying about, the Lord did answer my prayer. And the answer is no. I wonder how many people in their life missed the blessing 
because they threw their hands up and said, I guess it's that then. No. How many people would receive that blessing if they just knelt down one more time? If out of their faith and hope and their trust and the clinging to the Lord, they came down the altar one more time and said, Lord, I'm not willing to let it go yet. I'm not willing to let it go yet. Lord, I need you. I'm not willing to let you go until you bless me. Third blessing is peace and his purpose. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything, somebody say everything, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. Before we're saved, one of the biggest questions that we struggle with was, what is our purpose? What is God's plan for my life? What are we supposed to do here? What is this all about? But when we come to the Lord and we commit ourselves to him, part of him coming is us discovering our purpose. Our purpose is to have a relation with him, to be connected in the most intimate way in our spirit for us to commit ourselves to him as he committed himself to us. And in that holy and sacred moment, everything seems clear. And we can walk in confidence with the purpose of our design. And his purposes are better than any of us could ever imagine or think. So I wonder if you are sitting there and you're struggling and you don't know your purpose and you're working and you're wrestling and you're praying and you're asking God to come through and you're relying on that moment with him. So maybe you're sitting here this morning struggling with that. Asking the Lord to show you, reveal to you, is it time to let go or is it time to lean in? To hold on to you? Maybe your life feels all messed up and nothing makes sense because everything in your life, everywhere you look, everybody you talk to, all agrees, the answer is no but you're not able to let it go yet. You think that you keep praying and holding on to the moment, you feel like you're getting weaker and weaker and you're just about to give up on that prayer. But the Lord wants somebody to know today that you're not getting weaker and weaker and weaker, but instead you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger because he's preparing you for the blessing that you're about to receive. And you don't need to get to, to let go. You don't need to give up because he's ready this morning to break somebody, to break your pride. He's ready this morning to rebrand somebody in this place. And he's ready this morning to bless somebody in this place. If you're here this morning, would you stand up with me? Holy Spirit. Oh God, we ask that you would have your way in this place. 
in this powerful and sacred moment, Lord Jesus, would you come and visit with us, Lord, those that are wrestling in their hearts and lives with a prayer, God, that has been unanswered, Lord, with a thing in their life that they're holding and claiming the promises that you've given to them, but they haven't seen the reality of it. Lord, I pray that they would have enough faith, Lord, not to let go, but to keep on holding on for the blessing that you have for them. In this holy moment, I pray, God, that you would show yourself faithful. In Jesus' name. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor John, I am struggling right now because I have a prayer that has not been answered. I don't know what God is gonna do this morning. If that's you, I want you to slip up your hand right now all over this place, all over this place. Wow, wow, wow. Yes, 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 yes. I'm looking around. Yes, I see you. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. If you have your hands raised, come on right now to the altar. We're gonna pray with you right now, right here. If you raise your hand, make your way out here right now. The altars are open. God is gonna bless somebody this morning. He is going to break you. He's going to branch you and he is going to bless you this morning. If you believe me this morning, say amen. Amen. If your friend walked out right now, I want you to follow them because it's time to tag team on the blessing and on the prayer. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Step out, step out. Let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Hey, it's not time to look cute. It's not time to play games. It's time to go after God and to hold on to him. Begin to raise your hands and call out before the Lord what he needs to do for you. This is wrestling. This is not practice, this is the match. Let's wrestle. Heavenly Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you, Lord. We're believing, Lord, that you're gonna do something in our lives. Lord, we need you to release your power in us, Lord. Lord, we need you, God, to break us, Lord, to brand us. Lord, we need you, Lord Jesus, to bless us. So bless us in the moment right now. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. His favor be upon you.
Savior. This church would be different if we took on that responsibility and that role. And I want to call you to do that. That this week that you go out and you find somebody that has given up, that you find somebody that has gotten tired of the struggle. They used to know the Lord, but they've turned around, they've walked away because of intense hurt and pain. The church hurt them. The situation let them down. They got stabbed in the back. But it's time that those folks are restored to the body of Christ. It's time that somebody went around them and said, I know you've been struggling. I know that you've been hurt. But I want you to come with me to church. The Lord can heal you there. He's still got a blessing for you. That's what would happen if we determined that his promises are true because the gospel means good news. It's not going out and telling people how bad they are. It's telling how good God is. Somebody needs to know that. Somebody that's touched and connected with your life needs to be reminded how good God is, how faithful God is, how loving God is, how caring God is, how strong God is. If you believe that, you'll tell somebody this week, Heavenly Father, I love you and I praise you and I thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do, Lord, because we still stand, Lord, on your word and on your faithfulness, on the promises, Lord, knowing and believing, Lord, that, that we are not left to chance, Lord, that we are not left, Lord, to our own devices, our own 
strength, but Lord, instead, we depend upon you, Lord. We depend upon you, but we're not gonna let you go. We're not gonna let you go until we can walk with your blessing, broken in humility, Lord, and we're branded with a brand new name in you. So Lord, bless us, touch us, and empower us to go out and restore others, to take your name and your good news to those that are hurting and lost. We love you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for what he's doing here. Amen. We love you. Go be a light into this world. Bless you this morning.